the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 28 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDAradio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined, as always, by independent wrestling veteran, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello. Hello, Michael. What's going How on? How are you? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Why are you so energetic right now? Well, uh, I wanted to ask you a question about this past Sunday. You were at Beyond Wrestling, American Rana. I was. Their biggest show of the year. Indeed. I heard perhaps there was a run-in that you had with one filthy Tom Lawler of the UFC. That would be correct. I posted a picture of, uh, of us, Mike. This did happen. People that don't know the backstory, a number of months back, Filthy Tom was on Figure Four Daily on the Wrestling Observer website, and he decided, as his answer to the Cruiserweight Classic, he would fantasy book the Overweight Classic with uh, big men from around the globe, and included among them were Brian Buffet, <laughs> your original gimmick, which you cherish so dearly. Yeah, it's hot garbage. Yeah. But uh, you were among the uh, field there in the Overweight Classic. You made it through the first round, but then lost in round two to Max Smashmaster, who is a past guest on the wrestling podcast about nothing. After he lobbied for the win. He did. He, he did. He did look for fan support in that way. <laughs> so you confronted Mr. Lawler this past Sunday? I did indeed. I, uh, he walked into the locker room. I knew who he was right away. He knew who I was right away. And I said, hey, I got a... I got a bone to pick with you, Tom Lawler. Let's just say, Mike, uh, it's a good thing there were other people in the locker room. I let them know that Brian Buffet is gone and never should be mentioned again and never should have been brought back up, and that I'm the kingpin Brian Malonis. Uh, he said he, he knew who I was. He, was. he was actually a big fan, and he apologized, Mike. And as a show of good faith afterwards, we took a picture together and posted it on Twitter, and he followed me and uh, retweeted it. So let's all water under the bridge, Mike. You know, I had to, I had to lay down the law. I had to stick up for myself. I had to uh, tell Filthy Tom Lawler what's up. But you know what? I think we've become friends now. It's put behind us, you know, and uh, I'm sorry I had to get aggressive with them. But, you know, sometimes you just got to put people in their place. This is your story, huh? 
that's what happened. This is the tale you're telling here to the world on the wrestling podcast about nothing. <laughs> what can I tell you, Mike? I'm I'm like Batman. You know that we share a Google Drive account, correct? For the podcast? Uh yeah. And your videos get uploaded there. Any videos that you take get uploaded there? Well, not not any videos, I don't think. Well, a certain video that I saw, <laughs> and uh, it kind of uh, tells a different story of your meeting with Tom Lawler. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not really sure what you mean, Mike. I'm. Uh, I'm a little confused. Well, everyone can find out what I mean. It is up on YouTube on the WPAN <laughs> YouTube channel. Wait, wait. Uh, well, you, did, you did not run a, a video past me. I, I thought well, this was a 50-50 partnership. Well, I mean, I figured you took the video or you had someone take the video apparently. I, I don't know. You had some paparazzi following you and you talked to the camera. So I figured that was you giving your consent. Um, I, I mean... That that video is uh, part of my private collection, Mike. Um, that 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 wasn't for public consumption. Well, uh, no longer. And now everyone can see what's going on between you and the UFC's filthy Tom Lawler. Just oh search. well, I I think that that video is probably uh-huh. going to be taken very out of context. Right. Yes. Uh, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> I think it's pretty plain to see. Everybody, just search the WPAN on YouTube. You can find no, our YouTube no, channel. No, there's no, no, stop. There's no need to direct them to the YouTube page. Let's get that video down. Be sure to subscribe <laughs> and uh, make sure to check out Brian Malonis's quote-unquote confrontation with one filthy Tom Lawler of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Hey, l- let's all just remember, wrestling's fake, okay? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. So, so go check that out on YouTube. You can see what we're talking Things about. Things aren't always as they appear, Mike. Things aren't always as they appear. Well, it's pretty plain to me, and it's going to be pretty plain to uh, our audience here that's going to see this on YouTube. I so. was framed! <laughs> well, we recorded on Sunday, Brian, and then you headed off to American Rana and... We talked this past Sunday with the guys from Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, talking about WWF merchandise. Great podcast, great episode, and make sure you check that one out. What's your favorite piece of WWF merchandise? What is the worst WWF merchandise that ever existed? We'll tell you what we think. Let us know what you think at the WPAN on Twitter. And listen to that podcast. Make sure you find that on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. We do that every Monday over on the NAI Wrestling Network on their own feed. Find both of our weekly podcasts by searching WPAN on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to subscribe. But as for this podcast, well, coming up, we've got Merv Griffin time. That's where we get your thoughts and answer your questions, plus one more vile cackle will be immortalized in our Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. But first, we are discussing a different topic each week, voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. And Brian, this week, all four topics in the poll were decided on by the kingpin, Brian Malonis. I had enough of your grief saying that uh, <laughs> you, you had no idea what was going up on the poll. You had nothing to do with any of the choices. This week, it was all kingpin's decision. Well, why don't we go back to the YouTube video for a second, and uh, let's make that my decision as well. Well, I mean, you only get one decision a week here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. <laughs> and you've, you already took care of that on Monday, so... Well, what about all the uh, decisions and arrears that I'm owed? Uh, decision on the what? In, in arrears, Mike. 
That's due. Oh, now you're talking uh, crazy talk. I don't even know what language <laughs> you're speaking there, Brian. I should have like a savings account of decisions on this podcast. Uh, that's up for discussion, but no, it's already uh, <laughs> it's, we've already finished discussing it. Uh, okay, Brian, the winning topic in your poll in the Kingpins poll was favorite enhancement talent, the job guys. The yes. squash guys, those guys that you used to see on Saturday morning TV, losing clean in mere minutes to the stars of the <laughs> WWF, of WCW, those guys. <laughs> and then uh, some of our cases, we'd see them in Saturday mornings on our TV and then Saturday nights at the local indie show. <laughs> <laughs> that happened from time to time, yes. Um, and we can get into that. But favorite enhancement talent, Brian. I have a lot of them. Because like you mentioned, when I was around the independent scene, uh, you know, when I first started coming around the independent scene in the early 90s, a lot of the guys that I was going to see on Killer Kowalski's shows ended up being guys that would uh, get booked for these uh, extra roles. And they would end up being those guys that you see on TV. In fact, I mean, I'll bring him up right now. Tony Roy, the guy that kind of was a mentor to many people in wrestling in New England. And me and my friends Steve King and John Rodeo, we were all kind of mentored by Tony Roy. Uh, is, is, that, is that what you're calling it? Mentored by Tony Roy? Yes. I didn't realize being a fanboy was being mentored. <laughs> well, okay. I was, a, I was a Roy's boy. Okay. That's, let's get that out there. I, I've said it before. We'll say it again. I was a Roy's boy. Yes. And I remember, I'll tell the story again. I remember seeing Tony Roy. There was a local TV station that had like a magazine type interview show. And one time they went to Kowalski School and Tony Roy was uh, a part of that uh, segment. And he had like completely ridiculous things to say. I love the, we love the way he spoke. He said, jeesh a lot in his interview so he became kind of like a cult figure to me and my friends and we found out that there was independent wrestling we didn't really uh, know of independent wrestling we weren't really aware of what was going on outside of wwf wcw the stuff you see on tv so we found out hey in gardner massachusetts there's going to be an independent wrestling show and what do you know tony roy is going to be on that show he already is like someone that we talk about and we decided to go to this independent show. And we went. We had a great time. And we met Tony after the show. And he was uh, you know, very nice. He's uh, an amazing guy. And he helped us all out. And he's one of those guys that you would see on WWF TV. In fact, I believe he is on the Scott Hall DVD. I think it is it him. It might be, it's either him or Paul Vendale. I think it's Paul Vendale, actually, that's on the Razor Ramon CD. But Tony was one of the guys, when we went to the Worcester Centrum to watch Superstars being taped, Razor Ramon made his debut that night and had three separate squash matches that night, you know, for three weeks of TV. And one of them was against Tony Roy. And we were so happy to see Tony Roy. And he was one of those guys, uh, like a lot of the Kowalski guys, that was anytime they were in the New England area. Tony Roy would be one of the most recognizable guys in that role, and he did very well. He wrestled a lot of guys. I remember he wrestled Yokozuna. He wrestled just about anybody you could think of he, he was in the ring with at that time. But Tony Roy, that's one of uh, that's first on my list right there. I got a question for you, Mike. Yes. How did you feel being called a Roy's boy when you were 33 years old at the time? Brian, I was a youth. <laughs> I was, I, was, I was still a boy. I guess I was still a boy, right? 16, 17. 
<laughs> I, I, I was I was wasn't yet a man, I guess. <laughs> You're still not a man, but that's okay. <laughs> oh dear, that's not nice at all. Now, Brian, favorite enhancement talent. What uh, what does that mean to you? You know, the, the guys I kind of eliminated off of here were any of the guys who later on became something big. Like the I didn't put like the Hardy Boys or any like guys like that on yeah. here because. In a lot of cases, they weren't around long enough to be jobbers. I mean, Scott Taylor, I I, I toyed with putting on on my list, but because of what he became, uh, I, I did too hotty, of course. Yeah. So one guy, and and he was in, in the early days when I was in chaotic. That I remember seeing quite a bit was Nicholas Barbary. Yeah. Nick- <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and he was the hippie freak. And I remember when I saw him in Chaotic, like I couldn't quite place the name at first. And it took me a little bit. It took me a couple times to see him. I was like, oh my God, that guy is a, he's a jobber. He's a WWF jobber. Um, yeah. And the thing about wrestling in the early to mid 90s was, I mean, we, we talked about it this past Monday on the NAI Wrestling Network. The money wasn't rolling in at that time. And WWF ventured less outside of the New England area. They were in New England a lot during that time period, you know, to save money, basically, because that's the home base. So you would see these same job guys like the Nick Barbaries of the world, like the PJ Walkers, who went on to be Aldo Montoya. You would see yeah, like guys like Tony Roy. You would see them like eight, nine, ten times a year. Because they were always in New England because they, yeah, they were trying to save money staying at the home base. They are like upstate New York, right? Poughkeepsie or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. New York, uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And another one of those guys, Brian, I, I guess I'm breaking your rule here about guys that went on to success. I mean, he went on to moderate success. That same time period, a guy by the name of Chris Hamrick. He went on to ECW to have some notoriety. His Confederate Currency, I think, was his nickname. He used to do like the between the top and middle row bump, right? Yeah, that was the, that was the thing. Bump. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing that he made his name on. He took this crazy bump. I'm sure people have seen like gifs of it, where the one two three kid kicks his leg off from under him as he's bouncing off the ropes, and he just yeah, he just dives feet first between the top and middle rope to the floor. <laughs> it's a crazy, insane bump, but yeah, he he got some notoriety from that, and I guess he kind of parlayed it into some success with ECW, but Chris Hamrick was one of the guys that you would see. And I mean, he took that bump just about every match just to create some buzz. And, and he did kind of breaking your rule a little bit there, Brian, but Chris Hamrick was one of those uh, memorable jobbers enhancement talent, I guess I should say from that time period. That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll allow him. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's my turn now. So another guy that used to always really stick out to me, a lot of it because he just looked like a dirt bag. Um, was Barry Hardy, where he had like the <laughs> stupid, he had the mullet and he had the stupid two tone hair and like the pornoish like facial hair, and he always had like the zebra print uh, yes. singlets. And Barry Hardy was, and 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 again, a lot of these guys, I don't remember. Guy, it's funny, I I don't remember specific matches. They are just guys I remember seeing getting their asses absolutely handed to them. Many, 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 many times, but Barry Hardy was one that always wait, really stuck out with me. Wait, I thought you, I thought you said uh, no Hardy Boys. <laughs> See, he'd be like the Hardy father. I think. <laughs> Do you remember Barry Hardy's tag team partner, Dwayne Gill? Yes, 
<laughs> Who went on to be Gilberg? I mean, yes, I left. I left him off though because. Oh, okay. he, uh, but you're free to, to interpret this as you please, Michael. But. Thank you, thank you. And also, <laughs> Barry Hardy and Dwayne Gill also at some points would be a masked tag team by the name of the Executioners. I don't know if you know <laughs> that they would wear like these masks that had skulls on them, and they did some tag team work as Executioners. In fact, there's a number of tag teams. That was always cool when you saw guys that dressed alike as, you know, as enhancement tag teams. It kind of added an extra little bit of kick to the match. You know what I mean? Guys, oh, these guys are actually a tag team. Like the Conquistadors. Yeah. Were, I mean, I guess they didn't start out necessarily as complete uh, enhancement talent, but that's where they ended up anyway. You know, just two guys head to toe in gold. The Conquistadors were a, a, fantastic enhancement tag team just uh you know it uh you remembered them just because you know it was something a little different a tag team in an enhancement role i don't know if, i don't know if barry hardy is still wrestling but if, if i ever run it run a wrestling show i think i'd book barry hardy to put somebody over <laughs> <laughs> well what's he probably work for 50 bucks I mean, well or you think he's one of the well I, barry hardy could probably get away with it i guess with all the appearances he had but i i, I the thing oh my god <laughs> we're going into this early i guess Uh-oh. but the fellas who were enhancement talents who now get themselves bookings and get i've seen numerous flyers with some enhancement talents and not even like notable enhancement talents like guys who are used once or twice former wwf superstars it's like is this mancini no no does does mario mancini do that i i I don't know that he i think he's been on some local shows but i'm not sure how he was yeah i don't think he i think he owns actually a local promotion in connecticut mario mancini oh yeah yeah, I think like PAPW or something it's called. Okay. Yeah. But I, I don't ever see him. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say the names that I've seen, Mike. All I, right. Yeah, I'm not here to publicly shame anybody, but at least one of them I know you know, you know well. Mm-hmm. Our good friend our good friend Todd was a big fan of him. <laughs> but um, just seeing these guys, former WWF superstars, and it's like, hey, okay, you're holding on to your your glory days but let's pump the brakes on uh former wwf superstar uh if you did a few enhancement matches okay well let's get away from wwf then wcw i don't remember any wcw ones you don't how about the gambler no doesn't ring a bell you don't remember the gambler mike i didn't really watch it well the gambler had uh he would come out with playing cards and uh he was the gambler and then at one point he went um retro per se he went like uh old timey and he wore like an old style like a tuxedo jacket with tails on it and had like a a ruffled shirt like he was an old timey guy you'd have seen the old saloon playing cards i'm sure mike mills loves him (laughs) i'm sure he does no he's more of a george south guy i bet george (laughs) south was a perennial guy in wcw and and the nwa i should say that did um jobs for years and years did something wwf too but i remember there was a specific instance where george south was in the ring with rick flair for one of the saturday night shows and rick flair actually gave him a lot and really helped out because george south had a lot of respect from the guys there as a good as a good worker even though he never really won he was still you know an enhancement talent but a great hand in the ring and that's the thing about enhancement talent it's the kiss of death <laughs> being a good hand being a good hand <laughs> that, that's the thing about the enhancement talent that's i mean the the ones that kept getting called back are the ones that you know did their job well made people look good and that's 
that's the name of the game to being a good enhancement talent is being selfless for one and two, knowing how to make your opponent look good, right? Yeah. I know nothing about that, Mike. Nothing about making your opponent look good? I understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Brian. Are we getting down to the nitty-gritty here? Are we getting to We are. I got, I, got, I got one more I want to get to before okay. I get to my very favorite jobber, and that's Iron Mike Sharp. Damn it! Oh, was that your top? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> was he not? Was it Canada's greatest athlete? Right. He well, he sometimes he liked to be the world's greatest athlete. But yes, he was Canada's <laughs> greatest athlete, indeed. The thing I remember most about him was just the loud yelling, like just always yelling. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Yes. <laughs> Tremendous. The leather, whatever the hell it was on his forearm. The forearm brace there, yes. And then just, for a jobber, he was enormous. He was a very big gentleman. Which is unusual for the jobbers. Hairy and greasy all at the same time. (laughs) I loved seeing Iron Mike Sharp on TV, though. He was actually a jobber I used to look forward to seeing on TV. He yeah he was something else and he actually did do stuff for Kowalski too around the time I was hanging out so I he even though he wasn't the big guy in terms of uh, notoriety on TV I was so excited to see him and he I, I know for a fact that he lived up to his reputation you know what his reputation is in the locker room Brian no his reputation is that he takes the longest showers known to man. <laughs> It's very clean. <laughs> he is. He is very. He's a very sanitary gentleman. As somebody that has to roll around with uh, with sweaty fellas, I uh, I respect that. He was in the main event and the Kowalski shows, so you know, basically the ring is down already, and he's still in the shower. You know, <laughs> he's in the main events. I hope he didn't win. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think good. So. No, you got to keep up that <laughs> reputation. Sure. I think I'd be devastated if I went to a show and saw one of these jobbers and. And they won. I wouldn't know how to react. <laughs> it happens occasionally. It does happen. Like B- Barry Horowitz. <laughs> yes. I left Barry Horowitz off my list. I never was a, never loved Barry Horowitz. Do you want me to go to my favorite, Mike? Yes. Uh, okay. I am I, I, Mike Sharp was my favorite, so we just talked about him. So what is your number one favorite enhancement talent? All right. This guy was somebody who I looked forward to seeing and then Literally every time I'd see him, I would hope that he was going to get the victory. Jim Powers. Really? I loved I loved me some Jim Powers. Wow. I just, he, yeah, I, I, he was someone who I found like disappointed. Even though I knew he was probably going to lose, disappointed when he lost. Because there was always that glimmer of hope that maybe this would be the time that he'd get the win, that he'd pick up the victory. Well, how'd you feel about the tag team with Paul Roma, the Young Stallions? They won a few. Yeah, I wasn't a big Paul Roma guy, I gotta tell you. Oh, wow. <laughs> you you were praying for a breakup. <laughs> I don't know if I was praying for a breakup, but I just wanted more for Jim Powers. I thought he deserved more. He, he looked great. He looked good enough to be one of the WWF superstars. Yeah, and, and like I said, they did give him a little run as a member of a tag team, but it didn't... Uh... They were the kind that would win. They would have squash matches on superstars and win. But if they fought anyone of any value whatsoever, they would lose. So that's kind of was their lot in life. But yeah, Jim Powers on his own didn't really connect. I remember he went to, he went to WCW at one point during the Monday Night Wars. 
<laughs> that was the one of WCW's big gets. <laughs> Just a few notches below, you know, Holland Nash was Jim Powers. <laughs> so any others you want to mention, Mike? Any local guys? I mean, we got to mention Dukes Dalton, right? <laughs> Dukes Dalton, yes. Steve King. <laughs> Steve King as well. Good friend of mine. Did a number of enhancement matches. Yeah. Uh, how, how about Bert Centeno? Wow. Bert Centeno. Yes. <laughs> remember seeing him on Monday Night Raw against Mr. Hughes, for one. I mean, a guy who's a mentor to us, I guess, Mike Hollow. Uh, yes. He, Knuckles uh, Nelson. I, I made like a list of like the local guys that I, yeah, there's, that I remember. There's a ton of them. I really, and I really do want to talk to some of these guys about the experience in the mid-90s being one of these enhancement talents. I think really soon we're going to try to have somebody on to talk about this kind of stuff because I love talking about the backstage stuff. I, I love this era with the superstars tape, those marathon superstars tapings with all these squash matches. I love that stuff. And I really think it would be interesting to have one of these guys on to talk about, you know, having matches with Shawn Michaels and stuff like that. You know, how many people could say, hey, I had a match with Shawn Michaels. But, you know, <laughs> they, they could say that and, you know, you just don't tell the part where there was a six-minute squash match. But, you know, I think it would be great. And I think uh, something we want to do really soon. We could probably just reach out to some of these fellas. I'm sure some of them aren't doing much these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is your favorite jobber? Let us know your favorite enhancement talent at the WPAN on Twitter, facebook.com slash the WPAN. Weigh in with your picks for the best enhancement talent out there. And a lot of people have weighed in recently this past week, Brian. So let's get into it. Merv Griffin time. It's named for your favorite episode of our favorite show, Seinfeld. And of course, we're doing voicemails over on the NAI Wrestling Network edition of the podcast. So get yours in. We will play it on the show this Monday. You can talk about WWF merchandise like we did on the NAI Wrestling Network. You can talk about your favorite enhancement talent like we talked about today. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. But that's Monday. The way to participate right here on Merv Griffin Time is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. All right, we got another dumb mark. <laughs> he is at another dumb mark on Twitter. Is that your new Twitter handle, Mike? Brian. <laughs> we love another dumb mark, and I'm sure it's done in jest. He's talking about last week's episode from Fenway Park, Brian. He said he loved the episode. Davian's stories of her time in Japan were terrifying. <laughs> and that is for true. Cautionary tale to young wrestlers out there wanting to go to Japan. <laughs> yes. Get your doggy diapers. Right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Maddie Wilson, our friend from the UK, at Wilson underscore Maddie, says... I love that the WPAN likes my random selfies on Instagram. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at the WPAN. We'll like your selfies too. I think the WPAN likes my stuff. Most of the time. <laughs> Randall Keogh at Randall Keogh on Twitter. He says, I've been watching wrestling for too long. When the Kingpin said last week, I'll do any job ROH wants me to do, and my mind thought of him doing the J-O-B. Brian, that's what you were saying, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess in a sense. <laughs> I mean, You'll do what the job requires, right, in Ring of Honor? Dude, I'm told. I'm a good soldier. There you go, for the most part. <laughs> Depends on where, where it is. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> hey, no, it's anywhere these days. Believe me. I All right. 
Believe me. <laughs> All right. You know, I haven't been around in a while, so I don't, I don't know what the, the Malonis is like these days. I remember the old days, though. Very apathetic on all things not concerning having a good match. <laughs> all right. All right. At referee Tony S on Twitter. That's Tony from the Check of the Boots podcast. He says, thank you to at the WPAN for your continued support of hashtag CTB pod over the past year. We couldn't have made it without you. Yes, the one-year anniversary just passed for Chip and Tony over on Checking the Boots, the professional wrestling podcast. Make sure you follow them at Referee Tony S, at Chip K CTB. Make sure you listen to the podcast. It's coming every Sunday these days. They're talking about, uh, they were talking about the history of wrestling. Now they're talking about the history of wrestling and sprinkle in some of the topics of today. So covers everything in terms of your Wrestling Fix on the Check in the Boots podcast. Uh, Steven, you know Steven, at HHHGuy2004, he says, this thing takes the award for worst wrestling merch ever. Grown men wearing, well, you know. <laughs> Did you see the picture that he posted, Brian? Yeah, it was the Hulk helmet or whatever the hell it no, was there. No, no, no. That's That was something else. Oh. When he talked about the worst wrestling merch, I don't know if you'll uh, take issue with this, Brian, because you've purchased this piece of merchandise, or, or you you have it in your possession. I don't know if you actually paid for it. The Unicorn Horn. Oh. From the New what? Day. I don't think that's the worst. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe you're, uh, it's pretty bad. What? What's what's bad about it? It's a friggin' horn on your head. It's a unicorn horn. Yes, exactly. You, you know how many of those fuckers they sold? <laughs> I'm not saying that you know it's not flying off the shelves. I'm saying everyone looks like an idiot wearing it. Co- <laughs> Co- Kofi's children are probably going to college just off the sales of those unicorn <laughs> horns alone, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what this is about, Brian. We're not talking about the best-selling merchandise. We're talking well, about the worst. I don't think it's a bad looking. piece of merchandise. It, it's to me, it, it, bad is something either ugly or like ill-conceived. <laughs> like this is like their their whole shtick was had something to do with unicorns. What was the shtick with the unicorns? Well, the, I, like positivity. Like unicorns are part of like positivity and happiness. And when people say like sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns, like I I think it's part of their whole. Their whole thing. It's been on their gear, on t-shirts. And you're saying this doesn't look... You you, you would go out wearing this. No, I wouldn't, but my five-year-old daughter did, and she loved it. Exactly. And she looked adorable in it. Oh, Jesus. Now now you're going to try to make make fun of a little kid? (laughs) That's basically what you're doing. How many grown people are buying these? Brian, it it looks stupid. (laughs) Just admit it. Says a says a black-hearted shell of a human being. <laughs> Steven, I agree with you for once. For once, we're on the same side of the fence with this one. Well, you're a couple of miserable fellas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And speaking of terrible merchandise, at Warbeard Hansen says, Hey, at Real Billy Gunn, do you still have one of these top-selling hats? We talked about the foam smoking guns hats, the cow- big cowboy hats. Yeah, we got to teach Billy Gunn how to quote tweets. and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't quite work out in our favor on that one. But he did, he did respond to Hanson and said that he sold uh, Hanson the last one he had. I don't doubt that. Because I'm, I'm sure Todd would gleefully walk around wearing that terrible hat. That was my pick for the worst merchandise. That was before 
I recalled this unicorn horn. Let me just say that. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, moving on. Well, well, you ruined any shot of us ever having Kofi on the podcast. He doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> At Lone Wolf GAM, of course, our friend Greg Myron, he says, Speaking of video games, who couldn't remember the WWF LJN games that are older than me? Back when LJN had its golden era in video game quality, do you remember these games, Brian? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like just I think you, you you tweeted it, but I had forgotten too that LJN is the one that did the the WWF video games. The you know, the ones for Super Nintendo. Su- we're talking Super about. Nintendo was it Rage in the Cage and was it just WWF Superstars? No, it was they they did Royal Rumble. They did that's um, what it was, Royal Rumble. Raw was the big one. Raw was on Raw was on uh, like PlayStation. There, there was a Raw that was on, uh, on Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo, yes, it was the last one they did. They did really. They did Super WrestleMania. They did. I Royal remember Rumble, Super WrestleMania. And then they did Raw, which is like near the end of the run for uh, Super Nintendo. But wasn't yes. there not a Cage one with like Hulk Hogan was on the cover, ripping off his shirt on the video game cover? There may have been Sega Saturn. I think was raging the cage. Actually, Sega CD. That's what uh, it is. okay. Yeah, but th- that's not. I never had Sega CD. I never played that game. I just remember seeing ads for it. Hmm. I think it's one of those things. One of those things like the like the Bernstein Bears and uh, you know those time ripple things that people talk about. I think that's what happened here. I don't think so. I think so. Brian Fury at X Brian X Fury X. He says, speaking of foam merchandise, I used to own the foam LOD shoulder pads. (laughs) I can just picture that. Brian wearing those dumb shoulder pads. No, I mean, those are pretty cool looking, actually. And it comes to, you know. Do you like anything? No, I I like the LOD shoulder pads. They're good (laughs) for the kitties. Also, he says he loved those all over print shirts. Of course he did. Yeah, why wouldn't he? I'm sure he had the Contrarian. Shawn Michaels one. <laughs> Everybody hates those. I love those. Yes. <laughs> he, the, yeah, those shirts. The, the, the print was all over the T-shirt. There was a Razor Ramon one in black and yellow. Bret Hart one. A Shawn Michaels one. Uh, a good friend of, of ours, uh, Mike. Well, I guess used to be a good friend of mine. Friend of Faye used to have the Bret Hart one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Michael Quinn owns them all from the uh, our vantage point podcast but uh, that's just a guest on my part sociopathetic he is at pi slipe p-a-i-s-l-i-p-e he said i have a foam lobster claw is that from uh jeff costa i would assume so lobster man <laughs> he is the lobster man so we have to hopefully we can get a picture maybe we can ask uh this guy to get a picture so we can see this foam lobster claw We'll just get Jeff Costa on the show. How about that? I guess we should. They'll put asses in seats. They probably really will. Jeff Costa. <laughs> I like Jeff Costa, but he's insane. <laughs> and he's one of the founding fathers of New England. That's he uh, certainly is. Yeah, that's one of the ones we have to get into coming up. Uh, finally, Brian, you know what time it is. David Arati, his question of the week. He All says, right. "Do you guys remember a program several years back called No Opportunity Wasted?" <laughs> sure do. It was, a, it was about an ordinary man who had only three days to fulfill his dream and become a professional wrestler, but ultimately failed. The show featured him training at the Chaotic Training Center. Do you know if he continued to pursue wrestling after the show aired, or was he just kind of forgotten about? 
Yes, the show was, the episode was entitled The Executive because that was the idea for his gimmick. <laughs> he was an executive in, in an office. And, he and would, Jamie demoted him right, right to being. <laughs> yes, he was right, changed. Right down the food chain. Yes, his gimmick was changed unceremoniously, much like would happen in real wrestling. You come in, I got this great idea for a gimmick, blah, 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 blah. And he says, no, you're the goon. <laughs> no, a chaotic, a chaotic gimmick Floyd. making f- somebody doesn't want to do that's dumb and they hate. Oh, weird. That's never happened before. Yes, this gentleman became known as the gym rat. So, yes, that's what he was. And did he do anything after this show? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, he's like 5'3". It really took all the uh, passion out of his body this three days for an opportunity <laughs> wasted. <laughs> I think it took the passion out of a lot of our bodies over those three days. <laughs> it sure did. Uh, yeah, that was something else I want to talk about on the podcast. Our time being a part of a reality show. Talk about how much Phil Kogan is a dick. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Phil Kogan from Amazing Race. He was, uh, you know, he had his moments. He was a dick. <laughs> well, to you anyway, it was nice to me. I don't know if he was nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even interact with them, or were you too intimidated? <laughs> no, yeah, I interacted with them. Yeah, we, we uh, chatted. It was on camera, but you know, I'm sure he was nice off camera. <laughs> he was in his trailer the whole time. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Thank you, David Ratty. We look forward to seeing what you have to say next week. And thank you to everyone else who is a part of Merv Griffin Time this week. And we look forward to talking to you on Twitter. And we will bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDARadio.com. All right, Brian, putting over podcasts, the Facebook group. We got our 100th member this past week, and uh, we want you to join us. We're talking about all things pro wrestling podcasts, not just our podcast. We got a ton of podcasters in there sharing their shows, talking about their shows, talking about their struggles, their achievements in professional wrestling podcasting. And we'd love to have you come along and, uh, you know, join the conversation so all you gotta do is search on facebook for putting over podcasts join the group we will add you Uh, it's been a lot of fun so far loving the discussion going on over there really hope you come and join us over there on facebook but as for the other plugs we got book in the territory pro wrestling podcast with mike mills and he's doing it twice a week sundays the smoky mountain show Thursdays, the flagship show, and you can find it all at mikemills.podbean.com or you can get it anywhere podcasts are sold. And the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. They do a, a number of shows on that feed. Of course, the flagship show is now on Wednesdays where they discuss all of the wrestling news of the week, review Raw and SmackDown, all that good stuff. There's also the Rundown Sit-Down. There's a new one this week with the selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo, a product of the Chaotic Training Center slash the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. So make sure to check that out. And there's also the NitroCast, the NXT Review Show, so much more over there on the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed, available on all podcast platforms. Okay, Brian, on this podcast, we have made the effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people that you're up to no good is through laughter. I sit some days and think back to the immortal words spoken by one Tarzan Taylor. He said, all it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. 
So with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothing's Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Akeem is here tonight at the Boston Garden, six foot nine, four hundred and fifty-seven pounds. And Slick, you're the architect behind this transformation. Everyone is wondering, besides the physical appearance, what else has this transformation and in- changed? Well, you know, before we get off on that, brother, let me tell you, lucky the big man will bust you in your mouth right now. It's four hundred and eighty-three pounds, and don't you ever forget that. That's right. I'm the mastermind behind this starting transition because, you know, when I acquired the contract of this massive individual, he was like a big 400-pound zombie. The man never talked. He never done nothing but sit around and think of ways to destroy people. But look at him now. He's seen the light. He's vibrant, rejuvenated, and the man is most volatile. Is that right, son? Yo, brothers and sisters in TV land, the slickster is telling you the truth. He's taking me out. He's showing me the party spots to go to. He's in Introduce me to some foxy mamas. And when I finish around here in the WWF, there's going to be some fallen stars. <laughs> a changed man, Akeem. Yeah, we'll be back. Nothing puts a period on the end of a promo like a good heel laugh. And that is example A. Exhibit A right there, Brian. <laughs> That's it. We got our first inductee from Deepest Darkest Africa. <laughs> I think so. I think so. The African dream... Akeem. Uh, little oh, known fact, Damian Sandow's favorite wrestler <laughs> is Akeem. That, oh. tr- that is true. Our good friends over at uh, the OVP podcast were talking about Akeem on, on this week's episode. I, I listened to it this morning, and what a dumbass gimmick. <laughs> so it is something else. stupid. Like, what? <laughs> Why not just let him be the one-man gang? I don't understand. Because, see, now he's revitalized. He's... Uh, Vibrant, he's vo- and now he's volatile. It's offensive, <laughs> brothers and sisters. Like, oh boy, was this another shot at um, Dusty Rhodes? It's not a rib, right? <laughs> yeah, ta- talking like that, and he's the African dream. Yeah, doing the hand jiving or whatever the hell he's doing there. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd, I'd say it was a, probably a direct shot at the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And uh, uh, with a little bit of, uh, you know, I was going to say subtle racism, but... Uh. <laughs> There's nothing subtle about it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty in-your-face racism. Yes. But, uh, you know, if it wasn't for this transformation, Brian, from the one-man gang to Akeem, we would never have this week's Heel Laugh Hall of Famer. That is for sure. And to check out this Hall of Fame inductee and all his glory, find the links to the video in the description of this episode or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BD8Radio.com. Okay, Kingpin, you're packing your bags, about to hit those highways and those byways this weekend, doing that pro wrestling deal. One more time, where is the Kingpin headed? Danvers, Massachusetts for Chaotic Wrestling. Also on this big event, Mike, it's the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> the Ring of Honor World Champion, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> and also going to feature uh, Donovan Dijak's very last Chaotic Wrestling match. Ooh, that's uh, that's the place to be then, Danvers, Massachusetts. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the uh, the uh, place, place to, to be. be. Place to be. <laughs> then I shall be there. Well, oh, I know, really? I don't, well, I don't know if I'll be there. Bombshell no. dropped right here. Mike Crockett is going to Chaotic Wrestling on well, Friday night. Uh, we'll, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Check out chaoticwrestling.com for your ticket uh, information details all that good stuff it'll be a good one 
It's champion versus champion. Ring of Honor world champion Cody Rhodes versus chaotic wrestling champion Ilya Markopoulos. And you never know when the true number one contender might rear his head. Or his rear. Well, one follows the other, right, Mike? It <laughs> sure does. And now it's easy to see my rear because I got kingpin right on my butt. Oh, boy. If you want to see the <laughs> kingpin's rear, book his ass by emailing Brian Malonis <laughs> at Comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. And for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing, and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Armbar, with Chad Alden and Paul St. Emma Jr., head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, BDARadio.com. Okay, let's get our asses out of here, Kingpin. We'll be back next Monday with episode 68 of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Then you can catch us back here in one week for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. Make sure you go check out our YouTube channel. You can see the Kingpin do what he does best with Filthy Tom Lawler. Just search the WPAN on YouTube. And until next time, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>